Welcome to the Elevate Experience Podcast. I am your host, Tommy Lagan, and I'm here with Keon, and he's also going to be a co-host on the Elevate Experience Podcast. And we're going to be having a conversation today about recovery, and we're going to see what comes up. Yeah. I just think it's funny because when, uh, when we walked in here, you're like, yeah, like, what do you want to talk about? Like, what ideas? And, and the first thing that, that, like, came to my mind, that always comes to my mind, like, about this idea of recovery is, like, who you are. Because, you know, working with clients, I always just, you know, a fallback question, right? When kind of the group goes, you know, low or, or you have someone who's kind of difficult to speak with, you can't really relate to them. And you just want to ask them a question to kind of, you know, get the ball rolling. It's my main one is just, like, if you could get one thing out of, elevate or one thing out of being at rehab or being in treatment what would that one thing be and honestly like a you know almost worked there two years you know and and every time I hear I always hear well I just want to find who I am again you know I want to remember who that person was you know and and it's 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 interesting because it gets lost when you're in your addiction but for me I think it just got placed on the back burner you know like I always was the same person I think a lot of people there's like a lot of like you know stress and anxiety or or being like afraid of recovery and like what it's like to be sober I hear you know how am I gonna go experience like how am I gonna go to the beach and not drink a beer how am I gonna be with my friends like you're just gonna go to the beach you know almost like you're making an excuse (laughs) exactly it's like I guess there's like a legitimate fear there yeah it's like yeah the fear of being triggered yeah. like at these things yeah. but you're right like once you do it and like your experience yeah. is like it was like totally fine yeah. I uh, went to the beach and I didn't yeah. drink well, you know it was like just it was not a big thing. deal like yeah. there's actually a lot to enjoy there yeah well it was the <laughs> same know? thing or like every activity you're doing like when you're using and, and in, in addiction like whether it's bowling beach going out to family like everything is like revolving around how you're going to use and like when you're going to use and how you're going to hide or at least for me right it's like okay I need to, you know, have this much whatever to go in the bathroom yeah. and do my thing. And, and my family's not going to be like, oh, what's he doing in the bathroom? And there was a part of me that was scared. Like, I got, you know, drugs tattooed on my body. I say it all the time because that was, like, my identity at one point, you know. Where, where, what drugs do you have tattooed on I don't know. I just got, you? like, this stupid, like, thing that's on the on the pill bottles and, what like, is a that? cup of lean. It's, CB? like, on the, the controlled substance, like, the schedule oh, five substance. Okay. But it, it's – I only bring that up because it's, like, you – you know, it's – I was scared at first because it was like so much of my life like revolved around that. That was my mm-hmm. identity. That's that's what I wanted to do. That's how I wanted people to like perceive me, and that's how I wanted to portray myself to the world, right? As yeah. this cool person that does drugs, right? You know, and and I got off drugs, and and I realized like when I got out of that fog because it really did. You know, some people, okay, I'm detoxed, I'm good, or I've mm-hmm. been in program for one month, yeah. I'm good, like that. It took me three, four months, honestly, to finally start, even start, like not even 100%, right? Yeah. Even today, I don't feel, you know, it's every day I feel a little bit better, you yeah, know, it's and crazy. that's because I work on it, you know? That finding um, who you are. Yeah. That's like such a crazy process. Yeah. Um, for me, I felt like I was in a fog for like a couple of years, yeah. man. Like yeah. after I got clean, like it took a while to like, for. And like the the dust to settle, mm-hmm. you know, the aftermath mm-hmm. of everything I'd, I'd, you know, used and, and done. And um, that journey, yeah, of finding who you are, it, the, you know, like I, I can relate to what you're saying. Um, I feel like it took me a long time to like really settle in to mm-hmm. like where I am today. And, and sometimes 
you know, to be honest, I like question, like, yeah. you know, like what? Like maybe there's more to me than I'm seeing, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe there's more potential. You feel like you're constantly learning about yourself. Exactly. New things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> maybe that's what life's all about. Yeah. I don't know. Let's not get, <laughs> let's not get that deep. Jeez. I'm not ready. <laughs> Side track. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, um, yeah, like, uh, who you are got so lost for me because I started using at a pretty young age and like during that like peak developmental stage, terrible time to start using drugs, mm-hmm. you know? who knows how much development was stunted and then you just get so lost you know so yeah getting clean but it sounds like your story is a little different like you kind (coughs) of established who you were you knew you know who you are yeah yeah like I always knew I always knew that I was someone who liked to like light up a room right walk into a room and just like have that energy where I could turn around or like have a conversation with anybody right and I think that's my biggest, like, I never went to school. Never, or I did go to school, right? I never did well in school is what I meant to say. Yeah. You know, I never did well in school. Didn't think I was a smart kid. Um, you know, I, I really had no ambition for that because I, like, looked mm-hmm. down on myself so much about, you know, not doing well in school. So I was like, all right, you're not smart. But it's like I came here and I kind of, well, backtrack, I kind of, like, banked on, you know, like, my ability to kind of talk my way through everything, right? Yeah. And I used that in a negative way. And it's like I, I came to Elevate. And, and that fog started to clear and I came back to kind of who I was of like that person who likes to entertain and kind of mm. gets to like take over a room, but like did it in, so in, cool. a, in a healthier way, right? It's like here I can actually do that and, and spread positivity, but while still doing what I love to do, right? I'm still who I am. You know, I'm an avid believer of like stressing this to everybody that's like kind of listening to this and dealing with addiction or in recovery. And it's like, I, I listen to the same music. I dress the same way. It's like, I didn't change everything, right? I just changed some things, right? The negative things. I, I looked at my life and kind of assessed what do I have in my life that's working and, and what do I have that's not working. Yeah. And when I looked at what wasn't working, it was mainly just my addiction, mm-hmm. you know? And like, once I changed that, I was able to like, you know, do things that I actually love to do again. Like use my voice, use my like, you know, I like what you said about you're you're an entertainer. Yeah, and you really got into that role. Yeah, recently yeah. with Elevate, where yeah. you're now like a group counselor. Yeah, you know, before you were working in in detox, and sure, you got to do a little bit of entertaining, I yeah. guess. You yeah. know, keep people, you know, well, happy, safe. You know, lead some small discussions, mm-hmm. and you know, uh, facilitate some activities, and yeah. games, and clean whatever. up some poop and pee and oh. <laughs> some gnarly <laughs> shit. I wasn't going to throw that in the there. <laughs> okay, that's the dark side of stuff, huh? Chase oh, yeah. people through the woods. Oh, wow, right on. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll go there. No. Uh, but, yeah, that that's cool. And I, I have a little bit of a similar experience, right? Because, yeah. like, I used to play music, and I wouldn't necessarily call myself an entertainer, yeah. but, um, you know, I enjoyed uh, putting on a show, yeah. like, as far as, um, you know, that goes and so getting a role at um, Elevate where I was able to tap into some of that yeah. talent I guess yeah. was cool and it, and it helped kind of uh, I guess define that you know yes you do have something to offer people yeah. you know well I think I think also like you know don't cut yourself short like maybe it's not as much as in an in, in, entertainer but yeah, like yeah. you you were my group counselor you know and I know the impact that you've had on basically most of the people that that work at Elevate now have kind of been counseled and helped by you in some way yeah you know and 
and you have that ability to like go into a room and kind of speak in a way that people like want to listen to you, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like telling them what to do, but just on a level that, you know, you can relate to people and they're like, wow, like this guy, you know, he's just a, he's just a dude, right? There's, I don't feel like he's some guy that's all clinical, you know, and dry and just sitting there and kind of telling me what he needs to tell me. It's like when you speak, it's from the heart. And and that's what I've taken out of, Mm -hmm. you know, being a group counselor and just telling people like, dude, life that way is not worth it. And that comes from someone who literally lived their life like that for so long and defined themselves as that person that did that. And it's it's so much better now, you know, like a, a client told me and it stuck with me is like your your worst your worst day sober is better than your best day using. Yeah. And, and that really stuck with me because it's so true. Like when I look at the things that kind of set me off these days or like, mm-hmm. you know, make me in some sort of mood and I'm in like a little funk, it, it's little things, silly things. But like when I'm kind of comparing that to when I was using like the pros and cons that we teach everybody is is just like tremendously skewed, right? It's like all this stuff is just you know, um, am I going to have enough drugs? Am I going to have a seizure in 20 minutes? Yeah. How am I going to go support this habit when I have no money? Am I going to have to go steal? Am I going to have to, you know, and it's like all these things are, are just so, you know, it's once I once I figured out like that life is better this way, I, I kind of look back at myself and I was like, some of this could have been avoidable, you mm-hmm. know, but maybe I had to go through that to kind of get to the place place that I am in today. Yeah. You know, I think that that's another thing that we could talk about. You know, it's like maybe people think that, you know, what's wrong with me? Why is this happening to me? Why am I suffering? Or, or why is, why am I stuck in drug addiction and, and my next door neighbor has the family and that, and it's, don't think about it like that. You know, it's like you, sometimes you need to go through, you know, the, the adversity in life to kind of give yourself that, that life that you want. I think that's a big one too. Yeah. Just the comparing yourself to others is yeah. super toxic. Yeah. Just in general. For sure. You know, and it's hard to not. Yeah so hard to not yeah. compare yourself to somebody else. There's always somebody that has more than you. Yeah. And you want that. Looks better than you. Yeah. It's doing better than you. Yeah. yeah. And catching yourself in comparison is like such a skill and to like stop yourself like from doing that. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, uh, well, yeah. first off, um, you gave me a compliment. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like a while ago. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, I think, you know, your story is super unique and you've talked about it a lot, you know, like, and just with your history and, uh, you know, being a rapper, mm-hmm. right. Is that what you, you would call yourself? A rapper? Yeah. I mean, it, it started off making beats, but yeah, like I, I got there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like I said before, like before we even started this, like I had my foot in the door and then it slammed on my foot. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I, I, I've watched uh, one of your videos before. Yeah. But like, there's one on YouTube yeah. that I was able to find. Yeah. And uh, that's super cool, man. Um, I know for me, it took a long time uh, after I got clean to like really get back into music again. Mm-hmm. Like I stayed away from it yeah. because I think uh, there was a lot of... Uh, I don't know exactly if it was pain or shame or if it was just almost like a trigger. Like there was something, something about uh, my addiction that felt so closely connected to music mm-hmm. that made it hard to finally get back into. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering if you have any of this, the same feelings. Yeah. Like you know, you're, 100%. you've been in recovery, and I'm sure you've probably thought about yeah. doing music again. Yeah. You know, getting 
getting on the mic. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's that like for you? Dude, I, I, I think about it all the time. Yeah. But it, it, it's crazy because, you know, like you said, not as much like a trigger, but I think for me at least, like I, again, I, I really did almost have my foot in the door. I had all the people, you know, that I needed to talk to. I, mm. you know, fancy managers, agents, people that were working with big time artists and, and they were looking at me and they're like, dude, like you have some talent, you know, just just kind of hone it in and, and continue what you're doing and like once I kind of heard that I I let that overconfidence come in right mm-hmm. and then and then that's when my addiction got so bad I'm like I have all these people in my ear telling me that I could be great and then I just kind of changed that to I am great you know and, and then that's kind of when the downfall started right it mm-hmm. I just thought that I was kind of better than everybody else I was super you know just super fond of myself and and that's all I cared about right myself it it started it stopped being about the music and started kind of being about the persona if that makes Mm -hmm. sense you know I was like I was way more attracted to the idea of being famous rather than the idea of making few you know making music yeah and you know people will hear my music and they'll be like dude you're talented like you can go back to that you just do it sober And, and for me too I have a ton of like you know for me it's more like guilt shame and not really depression, but more like guilt and shame because it's like I, I allowed myself to kind of, you know, become that cocky person when I really had no, no, I shouldn't have been that person, right? I had nothing yeah. to kind of back that up. Is I just had a couple like word of mouth. Is being cocky a trigger for you? For me? I've personally? heard that recently um, and I'm, I've, and of course I've heard it several times in the past as well, but yeah, like, um, being overconfident yeah. is like a huge downfall for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Is that? Do you think that's something that you know you need to look out for? Yeah. for yourself and your yeah. recovery personally. Yeah, I I tell everyone every you know I try to tell you know like you hear about people that are in recovery and then start working in in recovery about mm-hmm. the idea of like the power trip, right? Yeah, and I just bring that up because I always make sure that I let clients know when I'm when I'm leading you know groups. Mm-hmm. is I present myself with humility because I never did that before, you know, and I think that comes from a place of, like, a defense mechanism that I used because I had such low self-esteem growing up. You know, I was so yeah. overweight. I was unhealthy. No one really liked me, and, and I always had that, like, you know, that just the low self-esteem and kind of, like, the pity, self-pity of that, mm-hmm. and I think still to this day, right, it's I live so much of my life with it, so I, I sometimes, like, have, like, a little bit of those, like, mentalities kind of still lingering, right, but I'm trying to change it, but I only bring that up because it's, like, I, I do try to present myself with a level of humility now of mm-hmm. recovery and the way I'm in it. I'm, like, look, I don't think that, you know, I'm not I'm not some person that's recovered and is going to be great for the rest of their lives and I'm not looking at it like I'm going to be sober for the rest of my life. It's like I genuinely do wake up every day like I'm going to be sober today and I'm going to do what it takes today to stay sober. You know, and I try to tell people there's no difference between me and any of you guys. The only difference is that I got here sooner. That's it. You know. All right. Do you feel like you're in the mindset of like uh, like you wake up and, and the day is a struggle? Like as far as like, like, uh, like the thought of using is like, I don't know, it's kind of there. Yeah. And no. You need to work on making sure it doesn't yeah. creep back in yeah. into your life. Or no, not anymore. No, yeah. not not like that anymore. You know, I don't wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, I want to go. You know, I want to go use. That's that's not really what it is. And it's more of just like I I know what happens when I get to a level of like that overconfidence and like the narcissism and I like I see that in myself right I saw what it did to me when I like made the music and I got to the point where like oh I'm great and then I saw what happened so it's like if I wake up like oh I'm the you know sobriety like 
Gandhi, right? I'm gonna go. Yeah. You know, it's I, I couldn't I can't get in that because I just I know that what's gonna come from it just because I know who I am. Right. You know if that makes more sense. It's no, not I like, like that. I'm, I think and I think that's a good trait to have as a as a counselor. Yeah. You know, like I think uh, a lot of like some of the personalities that I've met in recovery that uh, can kind of turn me off at times are like those that's they act like they have it all figured out. Yeah. You know, like they're like they have all the answers. It's like no one has all the answers. Yeah. You know, we're all just learning. Yeah. Right. And can we all, you know, sit and 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 talk about what we feel we need to work on. Yeah. You know, I don't no one no one in uh, recovery really likes being told yeah. what to do, right? I mean yeah. that's although we have to obviously give some direction, which involves telling people yeah. what they need to do. Yeah. You know, but um yeah, I really like that that the humility um, aspect of things, and I think yeah, that's super important to have um, to keep yourself balanced, right? Mm-hmm. Not over uh, overly confident to the point where it leads to a relapse or something. No. But I always, uh, um, I was just curious because you say you know you wake up and you're you're like I'm gonna be sober today. You have that intention for yeah. the day, and. Um, you know, and everyone's different. And something that I recently heard, um, you know, a famous person say um, uh, on the news the other day. Um, I won't name drop or anything, but you know, the the host of the show was like um, asking this uh, actor, uh, you know, how's how's life um, in recovery? And they were like, oh, every day's you know a struggle, mm-hmm. and every day's you know, really, really hard. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, as far as, um, like a message that's going out into the world, you know, this is like your prime time, like good morning America show. Like that's not the message that you want to go out into the world. And, um, so I'm glad you said otherwise (laughs) because now I can talk about this part. Right. And, um, and I think that's, you know, it, it doesn't need to be a struggle at all. It's a lot of it's just like making lifestyle choices that <laughs> that are positive in a way that you don't have to be like that, yeah. meaning you don't have to feel like you're struggling. It's like no, you're doing things to help you yeah. you know, stay balanced and yeah. and grouped in. Um I mean, I like I like that you said that. You know, I do like that's crazy. Like every day is a struggle. And I yeah. think that that's just like a famous person kind of trying to get people to be like, oh, I feel for him or her or whoever totally. it was. I don't know who Could it was. Be. Yeah. Like, you know, like feel bad for me. Like yeah. I might not make it. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't wanna. <laughs> you know, who knows? You know, I'll, you know, drink a 12. Like it, that's crazy. I just think right. that's funny. But it, it relates to kind of that idea of like, I just go to the beach, you know, yeah. that, that I started on. It's like right. I just go through my day. Right. If you look at my day when I was using versus my day when I'm sober, no one does, no one that's using does the same things that someone, you know, sober is doing. And I just mean that in a way like when you're sober, right? You usually wake up, just normal life, you know, not even sober, just living a normal life. It's like you wake up, you know, you eat breakfast, you work out, go to work, come home, watch some TV. And like, that's what life is. Like when you're using, it's like constantly a struggle. Every day you're just trying to make ends meet. You know, that that's yeah. all you're trying to do. And like if I look at the trying to make sure you don't get sick. Exactly. That's right. Like, and that was my life. Yeah. And it's like I, I take away all those drugs. It's like I'm not getting sick anymore. So I'm just living a normal life. 
that, that's all it is there yeah and it's like I'm doing the things that a normal person would and and I'm just doing them now and yeah. you know it's I think it's crazy like there's there's like the stigma around people like you know that we're so different and, and this and and the one thing that I have learned f since working at Elevate and just dealing with so many different clients of like ages is that addiction does not discriminate and whatever you may think of addiction like whatever you know someone says oh a drug addict or rehab in someone's mind like instantly goes to some place yeah it's it's totally incorrect of like what you think it is you yeah. know and, and that's another thing it's like whatever you think it is about being addiction or, or going to rehab i promise it's it's really not what you think it is it, it's not as bad like a lot of people get here and they're like you know what it's, it's not that bad here yeah. right we're, we're having a good time every day we're laughing we're joking we're doing it without drugs and alcohol you know, and, and if you can kind of have that mindset in a place of treatment, of just being happy with yourself and kind of being able to get through the days there, because, you know, sometimes it's tough when you're a client in treatment, right? You just just want to go back to the old world and maybe not even using, but you just miss your old world. You miss your kids, yeah. your family, and you get through it every day of treatment. And, and that's another big thing, like, for people that are, you know, struggling or thinking, like, what is life going to be like? Or mm -hmm. even relating back to the who am I? And it's, you know, you'll find all that, but you know you'll you'll never find it if you're just actively in addiction because when you're actively in addiction there's just one thing that you're constantly going to be looking for you know? yeah you're just obsessed yeah right with staying high yeah it's like yeah as you said a full-time job yeah being high yeah yeah it's more of like not even getting sick than being high like i, I know mean, were you even high your last three four years of your addiction i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> honestly like the last three or four years of my use is like the biggest blur. Yeah. You know, and when we, um, you know, write down our our transgressions as a part of, yeah. of our program, yeah. and the responsibility step, um, it was hard to write on those last few years. Like yeah. it was like everything was so blurry. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you know because one of your, you know, the, one of the substances you use was Xanax for sure and, and same with me you yeah. know and that that was wild yeah as far as like how just it just wipes your yeah. memory that's funny you say that because I remember like going through it and I remember kind of telling people about it because you have all the clients who are like oh the responsibility stuff this this oh, and yeah. you're just like look this is I get it but this is what it is you know yeah. like people have like that that preconceived notion of like this is gonna be the end of me like this oh, is it's gonna be so hard to do you yeah, mean? yeah yeah you know and and everybody just has that same like I can't remember I've been doing this for this yeah. you know and and a lot of it for me was just like yeah I woke up I took Xanax I forgot what I did and then I woke up in the same place and did the same thing over again you yeah, know and for a, me it, it's a scary thing yeah. I mean I don't know I, I remember when I was getting started with it um, I was nervous yeah you know because I knew it was going to be really hard for me. I wonder if a lot of people, I, I feel like it's one of those things when you're told what the task is, it's like, you, it's uh, daunting, yeah. like, you know, to try to write down, um, you know, transgressions that you remember, yeah. you know, things that you did. And that involves like the times you use drugs. Yeah. Can you remember those? Yeah. What can you remember about them? Um, I mean, you can relate that to anything in life. It's like you look at, like we get the CrossFit workouts before. Oh, yeah. Just to relate it to that, I'm I'm looking at the CrossFit workout that you write mm. so so nicely, you know, and I'm looking at it like overhead squats, back squats at this weight, and I'm just like, how I can't do that. Yeah, you know, I can't do that. And then I get in there, 
and I start doing it, and then after I'm like, wow, I really did that. So I think it's just like our minds too. Like the mind is a powerful thing. The mind does not want to do difficult no, things. No, it things doesn't. Things that hurt. Yeah, it doesn't want to do it. Things that are uncomfortable. Like we try to protect yeah. ourselves from being uncomfortable. Yeah. Like I don't want to say all the time, but there's definitely a very strong mechanism at play that's like, don't get uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, like and then when you're like, um, not to go like down the rabbit hole but like our lives are so comfortable you know and when we're faced with some discomfort and it's like and then boom it blows up in our face yeah well yeah uh but i really think yeah like doing like uh something like crossfit or just like intense exercise is like a great way to kind of practice um you know uh like um purposefully and intentionally putting yourself through discomfort and stress you know life yeah. gives you those things all the time you know and they're often like unexpected right like you, you don't expect you know yeah. the the next problem in your life you know yeah. if, if when you get hit with it it's like damn this is this is tough um but when you practice like approaching things uh that are difficult like exercise intense exercise it makes dealing with life a little bit better yeah. in my in my opinion i think a lot of people are talking about that kind of thing these days but it's interesting how that fits in with what we do and and in recovery you know i remember like in my active use like one little wrong thing you know that would happen in my life like i get hit with like a, a big bill or um you know, like uh, something that went wrong with my car or whatnot. Like it felt like so, so terrible, you yeah. know. And I think there's been a, like a lot of training as far as like, uh, you know, the training of exercise helps me deal with those yeah. those difficult things. Like there's that feeling in the body like when you get stressed out, yeah. you know. I don't know. Um, I mean, I knew I I know that we said that we wouldn't talk about it too much because we've talked about it for so yeah, long. Yeah, but I just the, I, I guess I was just no no that's tight because the one thing I do want to say about it is like when you're a lot of people in addiction like when I was in addiction like my main thing was seeking validation right that mm. that's a big thing right I would I would seek validation in other people in material things and then once I found that those other people and those material things kind of didn't give me what I wanted is when I turned to drugs because I was like all right well this will make me feel good for you know two hours three hours or mm, however long it was you know and, yeah. and that that's a big one but like with exercise or not even exercise but like we talked about today like a haircut right yeah, that yeah. it gives you like the healthy validation of, of like what that body wants and what I wanted at least it's like I work out and I feel good about it and then I look at myself in a month and it's like I see myself building muscle you know mm. with the haircut it's like I have this shaggy hair and then I go get a clean cut haircut and I look at myself like damn I look good and it like yeah. releases like the natural like you know endorphins that our body is supposed to give off instead of like flooding it with chemicals you know yeah. and, and that's a big part of it too it's like finding those things that that you love to do that you know healthy ways to validate yourself and and maybe even if it's like healthy addictions that you can do and kind of replace and you know not switching into to other things and you know that that's doable you know like the mind says like we don't want to yeah. do anything like you said we don't want to do anything that's that's uncomfortable we tell ourselves we can't do it well most of it that we're saying we can't it's all doable stuff we just mainly don't want to do it that's yeah. what i found in myself whenever i say i can't it's mainly i don't want to yeah is, is what i see in myself and you know it's when you get in the mindset of just like 
dude, I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to try to be uncomfortable. I'm going to try to try to do this. And like, I see myself subconsciously even doing it in my day to day life recently. Mm-hmm. I've been, you know, a PMC on my own for like a month now. And I have these teams that I've already ran and they go well. And I'm like, all right, Keon, you know how to run these teams. They've gone well. You have new clients. So just rerun the ones that you want. Don't don't do new ones. And then I notice that I'm getting into that area of kind of being complacent. You know, and that it's like the same thing that was in my addiction or, or in my past of like kind of when I see myself, just like the natural tendencies I have. But but now it's like I have that awareness to kind of move forward from it. It's like, all right, I'm going to do something that's not as comfortable. I'm going to do a different topic. And I think that it's cool that you talked about that too because, you know, no one wants to do things that don't make them feel comfortable. No, it's like our whole, it's like everything keeps evolving um, into just us becoming more and more comfortable you know just like like that's like always the next new gimmick you know uh, of something you feel like you need to buy Mm -hmm. you know it's like something that makes you more comfortable yeah or validates you you know like like uh like getting new clothes or something you know um but uh yeah the, the validation thing's interesting and it's like um I think we all have that longing for some sort of validation, no. you know, and like you said, unhealth or healthy validation. What, what's like, uh, what's an unhealthy way that you s- sought after validation in the past? I mean, like through material things, yeah. right? Or, or women mm-hmm. or partying or like taking a bunch of people out and, and knowing that, that we're going to go and do this and all these people are like, oh yeah, Keon, like you're the man, dude, this is so fun. Like we're going to this event and this and none of them really cared about me right they cared about what they were going to and it was like a fake Mm -hmm. it was like a fake relationship fake friendship or or whatever you know whatever whatever it may be and I think that deep down too I knew that it was fake right I knew that I was getting I was getting used and and that's another reason why I I used heavily because I was like man these people don't care about me and then I just felt bad for myself and got into Mm -hmm. that mode of like self-pity but I think you know unhealthy validation is super it's a super scary thing right and I, I see it mainly in people finding it in other people, you know, for me, like, um, significant others or, or women. Codependency. And, yeah, codependency, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's such a, I mean, it, you know, I'm not going to act like I know everything there is to know about validation. It's, there's there's a lot of different elements at play. But, um, you know, something that I know, a lot of people, they get addicted to drugs alcohol or something and and i hear this so often they're like so curious as like why like why they mm-hmm. like they you know they want to know why um like why we got addicted to it or yeah why, like yeah. why they got addicted to oh it. why like, they what? yeah yeah um and and you know I've, I've talked about this a lot it's like like i feel like my the, the reason why i thought that I use drugs is, is changed. It feels like I keep like peeling back a layer or I'm like still on that, that journey of, of discovering something new about it. And, you know, and it's not like this, uh, this thing that I, I feel like I need to know. Um, there's an interesting meditation teacher, um, that, you know, I heard speaking and, and just getting stuck on the why of things is like it can be kind of toxic you know it can kind of throw you down this spiral of like just going like going down this endless pit of like you're never really gonna know 
But I think once we all find something that we're satisfied with, it really gives us a lot of relief. Hmm. Um, I guess, and I, I, I don't know if it's too personal, but what why? do you think that why is for you? Like, why do you think? Yeah. Why do you think you ended up using? Well, I'm curious to hear yours too, but I will say mine that I was I was thinking about it because, for me, it's like, I would like to think now that I know, like I have a big, I'm. I, I think I know, you know, and mm-hmm. I never, a lot of people have like the, you know, the traumas and the PTSD yeah. and the stress and yeah. the anxiety and the depression and all of that stuff. For me, all of that kind of came with my addiction. You know, I grew up having everything I needed. I was not a kid with depression. I wasn't a kid with stress. I didn't have anxiety. I didn't have any trauma. I had no PTSD. I'm, you know, it, it might seem kind of ridiculous, but the the reason why why I use drugs is because I was partying. You know, like we said, we were sheltered, and I just liked how they made me feel. Mm-hmm. That's it, right? I, I took a drug, and I was like, wow, this is a lot of fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And one day, I remember the day when I kind of started, I think when I got really, really hooked. Mm-hmm. So when I was in college, I started taking Xanax, and everybody was doing it, and it was a fun thing, like taking Xanax and drinking and going to parties and you know, girls liked it, and I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, I like how this makes me feel. I take a Xanax, and then I only have to drink two beers, and I'll be blacked out, you mm-hmm. know, and that's what I did. And it, it's just so funny, because I remember I was on it for, like, 20, 30 days straight, just taking a bunch, yeah. not knowing what I was doing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's another part, you know, I'm, I'm honest. Right. You know, I was naive. I didn't know what I was doing to my body. Someone mm-hmm. just said, hey, take this. I took it. I liked it. Keep taking it, mm-hmm. you know. I remember and you talking about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and, and it just kind of just spiraled ended up into this point of like you got sick. Yeah, and exactly. Like all of a sudden, I, you're like, "What's yeah. going on with me?" Exactly. One one day, yeah. I was didn't want to take Xanax. I was like, "All yeah. right, cool. I'm not, you know." Yeah. And, and I've started <laughs> going through withdrawals. Is dangerous. what they are. Yeah. yeah. My body was shaking. My oh, heart was yeah. beating. I was like visibly, yeah, ill. Like just fully sick. Mm-hmm. fully detoxing, withdrawing, not detoxing, you know, but withdrawing hard. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. It's like not when the first Xanax I took, the kid who gave it to me didn't give it to me with an instruction manual. Or yeah. it wasn't like, hey, you're going to go through withdrawals if you take these for a long mm-hmm. time and stop. No one told me that. And I know it might sound silly, but I really don't think that that's another thing that I would like to talk mm-hmm. about further along down um, the lines of our podcast is kind of drug education and, and really people not knowing what they do for me I had no idea I didn't know what was going to happen if I continued to do this I thought I was just having fun and then one day I stopped got sick and then I figured out well someone told me all right Keon well you're sick now the only way to do it is to keep taking it and I was like okay and then what did that do what great advice exactly and I believed it because I had no other I didn't know what else to do it's a scary shameful thing you don't want to be asking around like hey what do I do no you know you ask somebody who's kind of in on uh, what's going on yeah and hopefully uh, yeah you hope for the best there. yeah and he knew exactly what it was and he was like here's some more and I was like oh I feel good now I yeah. feel fine yeah. and that that's when it just got really bad mm-hmm. and then I started introducing new drugs and and for me yeah I mean the why was like I liked it I liked how it made me feel it made me have fun I thought it was cool and I thought I was just partying having a good time until my body got physically dependent on it and then yeah from then it was when it you know, game over. I mean, it was that's game crazy. over then too, but that's kind of, yeah, I think for me, um, and as I said, it's changed. I, uh, I, I used to really think it had to do with this. Um, and it might, it might, you know, might have to do with several things. And, you know, that could be the reality of a lot of our situation is like, 
you know, it could, it's a little bit of this, it's a little bit of yeah. that. It's like, you know, maybe your parents, uh, you know, didn't give you enough attention, you know, sorry to put it that way. It's kind no. of insincere, but, um, or maybe, uh, you know, you experienced some childhood trauma from some kids at school. And, and that's what I thought happened. Mm-hmm. Or I was, it was an embarrassing moment when I was in third grade. And I thought that really kind of, um, sent me down of course of just like uh, feeling insecure and not like feeling confident and you know and I and I've explored that and there's definitely something there for sure um it's definitely a trauma and an early one and it you know which created a core false belief but you know if I really look at like the period of time where I, I got into using um I think it really had to do it was it was so. It was like a social thing. Mm-hmm. It was like a social awkwardness that was going on in my life, and, I, and I've talked about this recently. But um, yeah, it, it was just the inability to cope with like the social dynamic and like not knowing, uh, not knowing like how to act uh, in a certain social environment, and it made me kind of want to escape to something else. Or it could have very much been. Um, you know, me wanting to fit in as simple and as cliche as that sounds, mm-hmm. you know, like I want to fit in with the other kids. Yeah. And I always had this longing desire to like, uh, and, and I still do. It's interesting. I, I don't want to be the same. No one wants to be the same as everyone else. Right. You know, we all want to have like a little bit of uniqueness. And so my way to be unique within that group of friends was like, take it up a notch. Yeah. You know? And let's like get a little more extreme than these guys. That, that yeah. way I stand out, yeah. you know, look at me. And yeah. your friends are just smoking weed, and then you're out there fucking you're, you're slamming take, that. You're taking the next <laughs> the next notch, you know, yeah. getting a little more extreme. Yeah. And, and you know, there's other things too, but just to kind of answer your question, you know, about that. Um, so, you know, you're so what you're doing now at Elevate, you know, being a group counselor. Um, what sort of is there anything you've learned about yourself from this experience? I mean, it's been, what, a couple months now? Mm-hmm. Um, have you learned anything new? Have you noticed anything uh, about yourself that you hadn't before? Oh. Um, and the reason why I ask that is because, um, like, I, I feel like through my experience in doing the same thing uh, as a group counselor, uh, I, the, you know, the clients often can teach you a lot about Mm -hmm. yourself like their awareness of you know their problems or what they have going on you know often can you know spark some sort of growth or change or get you to see things in a different way um anyways what comes up for you when you when you think about that man i think i mean i'm constantly i don't know how to put this i'm i'm constantly learning every day if that may you know learning about myself not as much you know i think i'm i'm a person that's always been hard-headed i've known what i want you know i'm i'm in my own corner right if if no one has my back i know i will you know and that's kind of how i went through you know went through my life you know i i really you know i'm firm that i know what keon wants keon know what keon wants and and i'm learning that you know i'm the main thing that that i kind of have been taught is that a lot of the the core beliefs negative core beliefs that i kind of had of myself right the the not smart mm. the um you know not strong enough not not good enough um 
I the the main one for me is not intelligent, you know, not smart mm-hmm. because I again That's a big one for me too. Yeah, because I grew up well, you know, I grew up with foreign parents and and they really, you know, you know, I don't want to say this. I know my mom's going to listen to this. I love her. She's the best. You know, she's done everything for me. If it wasn't for her, I really would not be sitting here today. And that's yeah. that's that's a fact. So, but my my parents, they kind of they didn't know better either, right? They were from a different kind of country, a different era, and mm-hmm. I have older parents as well. So they really made me feel less because I didn't have the degree or I didn't have the piece of paper or I didn't get the A's on the test, you yeah. know. And it really was something that that was tough on me, um, especially, you know, being overweight. And my mom would see kind of an overweight person walking and be like, wow, look at that person. They're so fat. And then I was sitting right there and I was basically the same size, even, maybe even bigger. Right. And I'm like, well, what does that make me? You know, and and that was something really hard for, for me to deal with. And I think constantly, like, I'm just learning that all of those things that I told myself, like I was my worst critic. You know, it's I am smart. I'm able to articulate. I'm doing well in school now, and I think that I'm really just learning. The The main thing that I have learned is that addiction and being in this field and doing this for the rest of my life is 100% what I want to be doing, just because it's it's just so rewarding to go to a place and you know be in the area of working on myself, but at the same time helping people work on themselves, right? And it's funny, because I was doing a conscious recovery group, and um, it was talking about how part of recovery is giving back to recovery. And it's like a revolving door of kind of like Mm -hmm. helping each other, right? You helped me, right? Someone had helped you, right? Which, which, you know, then allowed you to help me and is now allowing me to help others, Mm -hmm. which is just tight. Like there's no, no other place, nothing else that you can do where you have that kind of like camaraderie and community with your fellow peers. Cause it's like all of us are in the same place going through the same thing we all been through it at some time in our life they're yeah. going through it a little bit more sooner and we went through it you know in the past but it's it's just really cool you know and it's just something that i i've learned that i love to do you yeah know? The camaraderie is awesome and not feeling alone yeah you're alone in it it's such a cl- cliche thing to say addiction is such a lonely thing well it is right? and then when you get to a, a group of people who are all you know have that similar experience yeah. you feel like a like this yeah. deep connection, right? Yeah. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's like wow, like this, this, something. It, things start to make sense, yeah. and you, you start. It starts to fill that that um, feeling of I'm alone. Like I'm not alone. Yeah. I, you know, others are here to help me. Others are going through the uh, through this with me. But yeah, the, the revolving door piece, though, that you mentioned, um, it's so big as far as. Like that's basically the twelfth step, right? Mm-hmm. Is to to help another addict. Yeah. Right. And yeah. um, you know, and I, I didn't I, even know that. I don't know anything about the twelve steps. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's you know, you go through the steps and mm-hmm. you get to the twelfth one. That's that makes sense. <laughs> to help somebody else, and um, that's okay. You don't need to know anything about it. And uh, um, but that's kind of you're doing that step. No. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I did that step. Yeah. Um, we didn't call it that. No. But it's such a uh, it's such a powerful thing. I also uh, didn't have to do it, which was cool. Yeah. You know, I think the the way oh, that I see. you know the the way that I just grew up in life is just everything was so because I you know 
my parents kind of really were a big influence on me and, and really it, it made it hard as a kid mm -hmm. just for, for certain things, but just being forced to do certain things. And mm -hmm. even yeah. with the music, I felt like I was forcing myself to do it because I felt like I did it and I had this persona and I, you know, there was no turning back because I didn't want people to think like, oh, he failed, he didn't do it. And when I got here and kind of surrendered and threw up the white flag and like, you know, just mm -hmm. wanted to stay, I talked about this last time, but as a trainee, just for extra accountability for a little bit to see what I wanted to do. Yeah. It's like when it clicked in my mind of like, this is what I want to do and this is my choice. This is something that Keon wants. You know, yeah. I've been doing things for other people for so long, mm -hmm. thinking that they were for myself and, and, and they weren't, you know, and, mm -hmm. and this is what really was something that stuck with me. And then, yeah, just to bring it back, because that is what I'm learning every day. I'm learning that, that this is something that we need more people like us doing you know, and kind of showing people the way of like, you can do this. It is possible to be done, you yeah. know, and I think that that's a big part of it. You know, just having people that are kind of able to get people to, to understand it. It's not more like a teach, you know, it's like a teaching, but just understanding that they can do it, right? People have done it. It has happened. Like then just seeing it in somebody else is like a big, it's like a big, a big part of recovery. Like I think too, just talking, was, huh? just seeing that somebody else could do it, right? If, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, that person can go do it. It's, you know, even when you get into detox, for example, that's why Elevate, I think, is, is great. You know, nothing is like it. I don't think there's any other recovery like Elevate. You know, you, you come here, you're in detox, you feel like you're in that cabin, you feel like you're never going to leave. You know, you feel like you're yeah, stuck up there. Time stands yeah. still. Yeah, you come down, you see a graduation, and you're like, wow, that guy was up here, but he's graduating now, and he's going to go back to his life. Mm, sober gives you hope it does you know and that's and what you're talking about yeah. being able to see that people are yeah. make it through yeah. make it easier yeah and yeah i mean there's lots of um i, I mean i guess like at a public meeting you get that you see somebody come in yeah and you you know they're like one day clean yeah you know and you see their progression but uh you know uh for me and you, yeah, we needed to go to a place where, you know, our, our freedoms were taken away for a little while. I like needed we, we, uh, should, we, you know, we were not left up to make our own decisions, no. you know, and it's just so impulsively addicted yeah. and, you know, inactive addiction. Um, I was in active denial as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you remember probably. I, I mean, you know, it, there definitely could have been some of that going on. Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, I hear what you're saying about, um, about that. That's super important. Um, so yeah, if you had any, if there was anything that you could say to a family member or an addict that uh, could possibly be listening to this show or a family members listening to this show thinking like, I wonder if I should send my... Uh, son, daughter, husband, wife, whatever, to treatment, what would it be? What would you say to help them make that decision? Well, speaking from my own personal experience and how it did work for me, I'm a young, you know, I'm 25. I'm still, you know, I'm not still a kid, but, you know, I'm, I'm in the younger, you know, I'm just I'm a little younger so like the millennial whatever it is like it kind of being grown up 
with that. I'm not calling you old, though, so that's not what I was doing. Oh, it's okay. But I'm just saying, like, because when you have a kid that kind of is so stuck in their ways, you're just like, they're never going to learn. And it's like, I did learn. And for me, it, it might be hard to hear, but sometimes you kind of need to let that person come to you you know it's it's really it's it's never gonna work i'm i'm sorry you know it, it for me at least it, it i personally believe that so don't it's, force it yeah i let i personally person just let like, it run its course yeah. and hopefully it doesn't run its course to the exactly to a uh, unreturnable point and i know that that's tough but like that's real you know and i i like to be you know honest now i live so much of my life lying living a falsehood and and it got me nowhere so for me it's like now i want to live with honesty and my personal belief is that you need to just let people be ready for it because if you take someone take them out of their life and and throw them in a place they're not going to appreciate it they're not going to see what they have been given right you just want to give them that kind of love but they're not ready to accept it you know they might not love themselves enough but for me it took the to the moment to kind of realize what i was doing to myself and and what i wanted to do and kind of just give myself like all right keon you're you're really heading two ways there's there's two outcomes of what you're doing right you're going to be dead or you're going to be in a cell the rest of your life basically and you're a cell you, you're going to want to be dead yeah i knew that that's that you know i, I wouldn't want to be in a cell um and i really just would encourage obviously right try to help them because all this stuff is scary right try what you can but try not to force and, and do it in a way that's like nurturing and loving and, and not really just place like an ultimatum or something crazy and because then they're just going to get angry I just got angry you know and, and that didn't help me but I mean for someone that's struggling with it I I would just encourage them to kind of think about where they want their life to be right if, if you want to be a junkie for the rest of your life that's that's up to you you yeah. know that that's your own prerogative you can do that but I mean it, it's sad but it's true you know, yeah. or or you can just choose to not be and see what life has to offer you because there are great things in life, you know, and I don't know. I mean, that might have not been the answer that you wanted, but that's the answer I have to give. No, there's no answer that I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just I hear what you're saying, though. Yeah, let a person find their way. Yeah. And hopefully they find their way to yeah. us. Yeah. At Elevate. Yeah. Because it is a great way to approach the best this way. terrible thing that a lot of people are going through. Well, what about you? What would you say? Well, um, what would I say? I would say, I mean, I, I, I like what you said. There's elements to that that I really like. Um, but I, I'm in the kind of the camp of, of, you know, stop overthinking it. You know, you yeah. need to do it. Listen to your, for sure. Listen to your, like really ask yourself, like, do I want to live like this forever? Like really ask yourself that question and, and for, um, you know, for a family member who's listening, like, I mean, not to like go against what you said, yeah. but like the times that I was forced to go to treatment, yeah. like, although like it didn't work, they did lead to where I am today. For sure, for sure. You know, they made me, f- they made me feel mm, like started the process of that self realization. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know, you hear things right in treatment that's just stick with you, yeah. you know, even if you're not ready to hear them or yeah. even if you're like, I'm not staying clean after yeah. this, like there, there are things that you absorb, For you sure. know, and those things do kind of eventually get you there, For sure. you know? So it's, it's a tough thing because you're dealing with somebody's life and it's, gosh, it's so scary. Like with today's, you know, um, 
epidemic of fentanyl you know it's so scary right and it's like you you know you can imagine like i mean i have a son and i honestly i'm like not ready to envision like what those the the years that are you know a person susceptible to get addicted like seeing my son there but as a parent yeah i could see like wanting to take action and and you know doing what you can to kind of push the correct direction of things but so um i do respect what you said because i do think that is like um acceptable for some people but i really think taking action and stop second guessing it and and really asking yourself those deep questions um, for the the one that's actively using like you know like um i think what i said the other day was also like don't be afraid of withdrawal you know like there's there's uh it's gonna hurt yeah it's not gonna be fun no it's scary but there are safe ways of doing this and you're not going to suffer as yeah. much as you think. It's going to be you, sweaty. Yeah, it's going to be sweaty. <laughs> <It's gonna> Hopefully, <laughs> you know, and I think for a lot of people it's it's a lot less, um, it's it's not as bad as you yeah. anticipate. Like we work it up in our head more. Yeah, a lot, and, 80% of it's mental. Yeah, and you know, for me, withdrawing on my own it was completely different than doing it medically. In a, in, yeah. Medically or, in, or in like an elevate yeah. detox environment where yeah. there's, there's stuff to do. There's people to talk to, yeah. you know, you're not just left in a room, yeah. you know, like there, there's stuff going on that you're encouraged to participate sure. in, you know, because the thing that makes uh, detox the worst is just being in your head, you know, just thinking about how bad this sucks yeah. and then like trying to pull yourself out of it with like TV or something, yeah. you know, it's, which it's not, not good work. enough. No. You know, you need like a, a human interaction. Yeah. So, um, yeah, well, that's going to conclude our show All right. today. Cool. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening, like, subscribe, comment, share, share. What else? Email. <laughs> Email. I don't know if you're on a email. <laughs> yeah, send a mass email out. You oh, know, if you <laughs> or yeah, something, I don't yeah, know. You, you like it that much? If you're on the radio, you win a prize or something. Just be like, hey, thanks for this gift card. Um, check out the Elevate Experience. That'll be tight. Hell yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Awesome, man. Cool. cool. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening, and hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you guys. All right, everyone. That is our show for the day. We hope you found some value in listening, and if you did, please share this podcast with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services, and if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free, confidential, 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org.